Welcome to Tackless Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between to another episode of Tackless Radio. And it is I, the Bad Happy Tuesday. And I'm excited because I have two of my favorite nurses here with us today. I have Jasmine and I have Taylor, and we've been trying to do this episode for a minute. But when you are very well connected with people who save lives on a regular basis, getting them and getting them both <laughs> with a free schedule is very, very difficult. But it seems like the universe aligned and today was the day. So thank you so much, ladies, for being here. It is no a problem. pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you so much. So Jasmine, I will start with you. Could you do a little brief introduction of who you are, how long you have been a nurse, and what got you interested in becoming a nurse? Okay, so my name is Jasmine. I hail from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> um, I'm 33 years old. I've been a nurse going on three years, um, specializing in labor and delivery going on almost two years. Um, and, you know, um, in regards to why I am specializing in women's health care and in labor and delivery is, um, you know, for the obvious and immediate need of uh, advocacy for people of color and women health care, labor and delivery uh, specifically, you know. When I did my clinicals in nursing school uh, at an institution here in Chicago that I won't name, but it's very popular uh, where Black women or women of color receive care, I was taken aback by uh, the difference in treatment regarding the seriousness um, at which their pain management and or concerns were taken. So, um, you know, in our books today in nursing school, there's a subject that they teach us about cultural differences and the importance of self-awareness as a nurse and biases. And in that book, it teaches other demographics who already can't, I believe, identify with us or don't want to identify with us sometimes or already have preconceived notions that African-Americans, especially women, are known to be stoic, which I 100% disagree with. So, um it was just amazing for me to actually witness that uh, prior to me even becoming a, a registered nurse. And so to see that immediate need, I made it my personal goal to infiltrate the system um, and change that by any means necessary. So I fucking love that. That was definitely the motivation behind me um, doing that. And I intend to do that. And, you know, that's that's where it's at. That's where it's always going to be. Come across me as your nurse and you're <laughs> a person of color. You're going to get quality health care across the board from admission to discharge. I love that. By any means necessary. Okay. Okay. A little Malcolm X. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Peeking out the window. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jasmine. And by the way, just a little transition from Jasmine to our next guest who is Taylor. I've known Jasmine my entire fucking life. So, yes. <laughs> since, <Beasley B. laughs> since we were like 
seven. You know, yes. shout out, shout out to Patrice for the connection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but who has also known me my entire life, who has known my sister her entire life, who is very familiar with my family, is Taylor, who is also my niece's godmother. So Taylor is Yay. a part, is a part of my life, and she too is a nurse. So welcome, Taylor. I'm so happy you are here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you want to get into nursing. Well, um, I'm Taylor Simone. I'm also from the south side of Chicago. I'm 29 years old and I've been a nurse for three years now, but in labor and delivery for two and a half ish. Um, and I graduated from the University of Toledo in Ohio. And I was the only black female student in my class, but the only black student in general. So I kind of saw like the disconnect early on, like before I even got into like the clinicals and stuff like that. It was like I always felt the need to have to advocate and explain when it came to, like Jasmine was saying, the cultural part of learning in nursing school. It was like I was always that eyeball. I always had to be the one to like go above and beyond and explain different things that happens within the black and brown community or happens with us in general. Because like she said, that is true. Like they don't see, they don't evaluate our pain the same way they evaluate other cultures. Or they don't see us and like how we come in as they evaluate with other cultures. Like we easily come off like, oh, she just has an attitude or oh, he just has an attitude. I don't want to deal with that. And that's not the case. So we often get pushed to the side and that is detrimental to our health. So even when I did get into clinicals and I'm still in Toledo, Ohio, which is not really that cultural, like it's, it's very uh, country-like based, um, more so white. <laughs> um, so it, it was like a lot of things that I saw that like easily just ticked me off. So that's where I noticed like, yeah, no, I'm obviously really needed within the labor and delivery community. Um, and as we know, labor and delivery is one of those, um, it's one of those specialties where it's kind of like a, a white zone, kind of like with uh, the ER and the ICU, they kind of don't really want to let us in. So it was already really hard for me to like break impact and get into labor and delivery. So once I did, I just knew that I had to like stand my ground and advocate for my people and be a voice for them because they need us. They need more black nurses. They need more black and brown people to come in and be that that voice for them because sometimes they're not always able to do that or yeah. understand how to do that. And as you all are starting to see, as I have Taylor and Jasmine introduce themselves. This week, we are talking about Black healthcare advocacy, specifically for Black women and Black women who are mothers, pregnant, nursing. And I have a lot of girlfriends who recently gave birth. A lot of the women in my circle are moms. And what I started to come across is that from my sister to my best friend, to my girlfriends from high school, my girlfriends from college, who are all black and brown women, none of them have shared with me yet a positive birthing experience. And that's where mm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take an opportunity to sit with 
two beautiful black women who have made it their life mission to go into spaces to advocate on the behalf of black people, black women specifically, because like the both of you all have shared, it is absolutely necessary that we see ourselves in that in that medical room. So with that, you all have both shared why you all wanted to get into the field of nursing. Both of you all are in labor, labor and delivery, which the maternal percentages of women who are black and brown that die giving birth is astonishing and trash, in my opinion. And you both as black nurses, do you all feel that because you all have now crossed the threshold into labor and delivery, that you have to advocate more so for your black and brown patients against your non-black staff. And if doing so, how do you go about toting the line of professionalism, but still pushing in a way that gets your black and brown patients the care they deserve? So, yes, absolutely. I feel like that's a daily thing. I always have to advocate because like I was saying when I first introduced myself, we often get like said like, oh, she has an attitude. I don't want to deal with her. When really we come in, we know what we want and we state that up front. And a lot of them, because of the cultural difference, don't understand that. So it's like, I have to like break that down and be like, no, she's just telling you she wants this and she doesn't prefer that. And that's okay. And we should be fine with that because it's her baby. It's her birthing experience. She should be at the forefront of that. She should be able to control that just like any other woman in here. Because that's the thing that I noticed too. Like a white woman can come in and she can say what she wants and what she doesn't want. And it's no argument in that. It's not even them trying to convince them otherwise. But when it's a black woman, she comes in and she says like, oh, I want a completely natural birth. I don't want any, um, any medications unless it's like life or death. It's an issue. And then that's when they come in and they trying to convince other things or wow. trying to persuade them in ways that, that make them change their mind, which is very annoying. So I always have to like go in and like, ask them like, well, do you understand? Like, do you understand exactly what's going on? Like, do you understand what the doctor is saying to you? Because that's another way that they get us. We don't always come in understanding or come in with the research that we should do before we go in and want to deliver a child. So I always really like backtrack. I try to backtrack and try to explain to them what the doctor may not have said in a proper way. Because of course they come in with big words and that is sometimes very scary for them. Mm -hmm. So like, I try to like back them up and be like, okay, no, you said you wanted this. That's what we're gonna do, stand on that. Cause that's really what you truly believe in. Don't let nobody change how you feel because if that's really how you feel, go with it, go with it. Right. They can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. Right. I've seen a lot of people feel because doctors and nurses and the healthcare industry has this air of authority around it, especially when you start seeing people with white coats that you just yes. kind of that you just kind of do what they tell you to do. And when you have a different opinion, they look at you like you crazy, like you didn't go to medical school. How dare you have an opinion? Yeah, see, and that is an actual syndrome. You learn <laughs> about that in nursing school, the white coat syndrome. Um, but like I said, like, I just always try to make sure like I let them know that, hey, I'm on your side. If you need me to advocate for you, I will. If you don't feel like you can do it on your own, I have no issue with that. So it does come to a play where like, sometimes I do have to go toe to toe with doctors 
and let them mm. know like no that's not that's not in her birthing plan that's not what she said she wanted so that's not what we're going to do today I love that you do that and Jasmine I would love for you to chime in because I know that you two have very similar experiences to Taylor's about how you've had to advocate damn near probably lost your job but no. how you <laughs> but how you've had to advocate on the behalf of your patients against a non-black staff I would say um the line between being assertive and keeping it professional in the nursing game is very thin. Um, the nursing game is uh, dominantly female, right? So you deal with a lot of attitude. Mm -hmm. So um, it, the, I would say it is, if I had to divide it up into percentages, it's going to be about 60% non-professional. It's nice. It's a nice, nasty game. And I learned that uh, recently. Making your point um, and keeping it professional, but the professionalism is very minimal. <laughs> oh, my it's very God. minimal. When it comes to me advocating um, for my uh, PLC patients against my non-Black staff, which is uh, very often, um, when you look at the ratio of black nurses to white nurses, you are always going to see more white nurses than black nurses. And um, when it comes to actually practicing, it is very common that the black patients get passed off to the black nurses. And that's because they're learning now that they want to avoid any cultural differences, any cultural clashes. So they'd rather be like, let me get them to somebody that they can relate to just to avoid mm -hmm. anything. Now, it works out in our favor, right? Because then you don't have as many um, conflicts. But I do think it's important that if we have to learn to deal with their culture, they should have to learn to deal with ours. But in regards to advocating, the way that I go about it, I just pull what they pull. We all have to abide by the same policies and procedures. And according to their policies and procedures, they apply to everybody, regardless mm. of, you know, race, color, background, and all of that. And so, if it's in regards to, you know, pain management, which is one of the biggest things, because like I said, they're taught that we are stoic, that we can handle pain at a very high level. It's in, the, it's literally in these books and it's very disgusting to me, very disgusting that we're taught that we can handle pain at a much higher tolerance. And that's not true because and also, also in the book, it teaches us that people have different levels of pain perception. So which one is it? You know what I'm saying? But in regards to me, I'm I'm very, I'm, and you know this for me, B, and Taylor has known this for me too, is that I'm very vocal and I don't really have a filter. Um, and I do take advantage of that. I can because of the double down need. and say that that is absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, because of the- Since I, the beginning I, of I, time. Yeah, since the beginning <laughs> of time. And I, I do take advantage of the fact that, hey, this is it's staffing needs this is low staff so you're gonna get what you're gonna get okay I've never been an irrational you know uh obviously disrespectful person but I'm gonna voice something if it's just obviously wrong and immoral you know what I'm saying so if it comes to standing up for somebody then I, I usually just call it out I don't know any other way to put it um yeah, and have yeah. I been in trouble for it yes do I mind getting in trouble for it no 
Um, <laughs> Period. Period. I don't either. I really don't I mind. And that's, don't that's the thing. I'm going to tell you something that they told me the first day of nursing school. They told us to leave if we're doing this for the money. And that was probably the realest stuff that they could real, tell you. Real. It ain't no amount of money that you could be like, oh, yeah, they're paying me enough to deal with this. You either doing it for these people. You really have to be passionate about people and just not care. Because at the end of the day, every time we clock in, it ain't it's not about cashing out. You know what I'm saying? Cause you you just don't know. The the nursing game, the medical game, the hospital game is really more politics than what anybody thinks. And you could be the most moral person in the world, and that does not matter when it comes down to keeping a hospital running. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just call it out, you know, if something is wrong, I, and I know that it's wrong, and I know that it's listed in the policies and procedures, I'm calling it out. Now, if I'm not sure, I'll humble myself a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will. I'll humble myself a little bit and be like, let me go find out. But it's it's a it's a female-dominated field. Me and Taylor, we worked together um, for about like a year and a half together. And we walk around with these faces and they know how to read. They're not stupid. If I, if mm-hmm. I give you this look that Black women have, if we want to talk about assertiveness, they usually bag down right away. And I don't know how this, I don't know how to describe the look, but y'all know but what look know. it is. Back it's up. this look like, excuse me, how can I help you? What do you need with my patient? Okay. Hey, I called about 30 minutes ago. She she said that she's in pain right now. I called for an order for pain medication and it's been a half hour. Oh, well, um, she's she's just um she she just had a baby. Let's give it some time. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and chart that you said that. Oh, oh no, I'll go ahead and put it in right now. Okay, thank you very much. Mm, I've heard that. And this is a yeah. Like this is a really good segment into the next component that I wanted to ask you all, which I think is very important for us as a community to know is what are some things that you all want black people and brown people to know for themselves so that they can advocate when they do get to the doctor and that they can receive the best care for when and that they can receive the best care for themselves. Because a lot of times, like you all stated earlier, we don't know what we don't know. And I think sometimes a lot of the doctors bank on us not oh, knowing what we don't know. They, they absolutely do. And that's the that's that's the name of the game. So first of all, I want to go into, I think people in general should always know their basic patient rights, right? Know yes. your rights as a patient, like your standard rights. Know your rights as a patient. You don't have to take any medication you don't want to take you don't have to go with any plan of care you don't want to go with you don't have to accept any initial diagnosis that they give you you can go for a second third fourth fifth sixth opinion until you are comfortable with one okay um i will always say just do your research um i i do come across young adults and adult adults i guess in a sense who are pregnant and literally come in getting ready to give birth with no knowledge of the labor process and i think that that is absolutely crazy okay because we're going to talk about accountability too if you're going to get pregnant and you want to have a baby you have nine months (laughs) 
to figure <laughs> out what all that entails. There's some you time. Wait. There's some time you don't there. Wait until you're induced, or you don't wait until you go into labor to try to figure out what's going on or want to know what's going on. Please educate yourself on the labor and delivery process so that nobody can tell you any and everything. I tell all of my friends and family or anybody that um, who cares to have the conversation, educate yourself on the labor and delivery process. There's so many resources out there, but if you do not utilize them, then you're playing yourself. Now, if you do come across the right nurses like me and Taylor, we are huge on education. We're talking to you the moment you come through the door. You know what I'm saying? Letting you know what your first few hours is going to look like. But we're not, we can't guarantee you who you're going to get after after our shift is over, if they're even going to yes. care to educate you. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So take advantage of educating yourself on whatever type of medical journey you're going through, pregnancy, cancer, um, diabetes, hypertension. It's so many resources. Even if you have to down it to a YouTube video, they have kitty YouTube videos. Do it. Educate yourself. That's all I can emphasize is to educate yourself before you step foot through that door. Because like B said, they bank on that. The doctors want to tell you. Me and Taylor have to study to ask doctors to ask patients stop talking to them like they're children and ask don't tell ask and when you ask or when, or when you're educating give them the risk and the benefits mm. they don't want to tell you the risk baby they don't want to tell you the risk nope. are you serious they don't want to tell you no. they don't want they want you to go with their plan of care so bad they'll tell you the benefits or sometimes they won't tell you the risk or the benefits they're going to tell you what they're going to do and that's the end all be y'all or they hit you with your baby is in danger right now because it's having dips in their heart rate, which we already know as a baby is going through labor, it's going to have dips in the heart rate yeah. and in their heart rate. Because they switch the umbilical cord yeah, every like now and again. Yes, yes. Like it's going to be dips. But they'll scare you into doing whatever they want to do too. That is so heartbreaking, but not shocking to hear yeah. that they really want you to be as ignorant as possible because they want to be able to say something to you have it done and move the fuck on Taylor. I would but love for you to let yes. me know. Cause I was about to say, cause go for I a girl too. Like a lot of people, they be like, cause you, they offer classes for you before you deliver. And a lot of people turn them classes down. Like, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go to those birthing classes. I don't need to go to that. Yes, you do go to every last one of them because there's some information in those classes that may help you advocate for yourself when you are in situations like Jasmine said, where you don't have a nurse like us by your side and you need to be your advocate, you need to advocate for yourself. You are your only person right now. So that's another thing that I feel like we dropped the ball at. Like we don't go to all the classes that we should go to. Or like she said, it's YouTube, it's TikTok, that's free. Go on there and type in what you need to type in. Look at different medications that they give. Like a medication that they, they, they come in that they often want to come in and push down your throat is Pitocin. Pitocin is a medication that helps you contract, contract more often and more frequently and stronger. A lot of women don't want that if they come in and ask for a natural birth, but the way that they explain it to you is, oh, it'll speed your labor process along. Sometimes that's all a mother needs to hear and they just go with that, not knowing what the cons is to that medication. Same with the epidural. A lot of people don't know in the epidural, it's fentanyl in the epidural. What? Hold on, pause this shit. What the fuck is going on in here on this day? Yeah.
a lot of people don't know that, but that's something that you used to research because literally I had a patient not too long ago. They was like, um, did you grab the fentanyl? And the dad was like, why are we giving fentanyl? Like literally was about to lose his stuff because he didn't know that people don't know that. Girl, I'm gagged right now. There's fentanyl in the You be scratching all over the place like you withdrawing because yeah. you are withdrawing. You are technically oh. gagged right now, bitch. We having a fentanyl epidemic and they putting that in pregnant women. Yeah, but they'll tell I'm, you. I'm, they'll I'm tell you lie. though. You can inject some fentanyl in me. I ain't dealing with them they, damn they attractions. They'll tell you though that the half life. This is the, exactly what they will say. The half life is not as dangerous as you think because they're giving you a lower dose of yeah. it. They're not giving you the dose that they will put out on the streets. Yeah. So it's it's safe for you and the it baby. Is. It's safe. I always, you know, and that's why education, like, is important. Like, come in with a plan. I always ask the mom, like, hey, what is your, your birthday plan? plan? Yeah, what's your plan for paying? You know, some people come in, they like, hell, I want an epidural. Some people be like, well, I want to try, you know, at natural. And that's fine. I will bag you. I will advocate for you. But I also keep it real, too. Don't come in here. Don't come in here. Try to be no hero. If and you not it be, you don't not come in here trying it. to be no hero get the damn epidural so you can have your baby okay because sometimes when you get too uncomfortable it delays your labor so what you want to do be like and, and guess what happens when you delay your labor you get cut so and what you want to be try- comfortable and push or you want to get a c-section because now you you've been ruptured for over 24 hours and now you're at risk for infection and your doctor like we're going to have to cut you so that's no. why, depending on the nurse you have, we have to have these talks with you, if we care to, depending on the type of say, nurse you I have. I actually really care about that, because I yeah. myself want to have a completely natural birth. I don't want anything. Right. But I'm also not going in blindsided. Exactly. I'm going to do different delusional. and learn different techniques to help me get through the delivery process. So I won't be in there tensing myself up or like Jasmine said, being uncomfortable to the point where I'm slowing my process down. That's what I tell people. You can't go in like, oh, I won't, I want to, I don't want no epidural, I don't want nothing. But then you can't even relax. You can't even get through your contractions. You ain't did no, you ain't did no you research no on training. how to bear down with contractions. Yeah, like you haven't researched anything. So that's another thing where it's very important to do your research do also also um it's a lot of stuff going on on tiktok where it's a lot of like miseducation that goes into again educating yourself i see a lot of people promoting these lotus um labors and stuff like that and they're not being 100 percent transparent they're not letting you know they're on baby number three baby number four um which make lotus and lotus births are you know just natural births where you see them in like the bathtubs and stuff like that and those births are you know they're fine you know of course to a certain extent um depending on that person's medical history i was just about to say pregnancy and stuff like that it's not for everybody you know what i'm saying and i definitely don't recommend it for first-time moms and i don't recommend it for first-time moms just because um labor is unpredictable for, for first-time moms with for for 
molted moms on two, three, four, babies usually come out faster. Uh, they <laughs> come out wild. easier. Yeah, so like you know, squatting shit in the um. Not bathroom. they fly out like that Martin episode. Oh, but they do. Me and Tana oh, they do. Literally. I call them <laughs> They do. They do. Um, I had one this morning in the bed <laughs> at four this morning. That was fun. She sneezed and the baby came out. Yeah, like what happened? <laughs> yeah. The doctor was like, "Okay, just let me go put on my scrubs. I'll be right back. We don't even need you. Baby's here." <laughs> like it, that, but, and it really happened. It really happens. So that's cool for multi, um, but moms, first time moms, and you get special circumstances where some first time moms, they deliver fast too. But most times, um, first time moms, it takes a minute for them to push. It takes a minute for them to dilate and stuff like that. And um, you just never know what type of delivery you're going to have. So um, if you do decide to have like a Lotus bath, I just recommend that you have as much medical support as possible or or available to you as fast as possible just in case you have any type of medical emergency so that you and the baby um is okay and then the second thing I wanted to touch on and I touched on this on my Facebook because it's been going on a lot I don't know what's been going on with our uh youth or um some adults but we've been killing our babies lately and i'm not even talking about abortion wise i'm talking about having these babies and throwing them in a trash can i don't know what's been going on with that but please if you decide that you want to for some odd ass reason not get an abortion and stay pregnant and have a baby in a gas station bathroom or whatever um, if you're going to have the baby, it is you could drop the baby off at any police station, any fire station. We have safe havens. We have these doors with these baskets in them and you could place the baby in the basket and close the door. You won't be judged. You won't be detained, placed under arrest or anything like that. You will be arrested, though, if we find you after you didn't kill the baby because mm-hmm. you didn't trash the baby like it was a piece of trash. I've been noticing this is happening more and more it just recently happened here in chicago on a northwestern campus at a daycare center two 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 dead baby girls found in a trash can at a daycare on a northwestern campus we have to stop this um i do not think i I am totally against it i think it's disgusting and vile if you don't want the baby get an abortion um or if you don't want the baby and you don't want to have it exactly but please stop treating these infants, these babies who did not ask to be here, like they're, um, you know, a can, a can of pop or a bag of flaming hots. It's not cool. So that's something that I didn't want to make sure that I did say on your show today. Please reach out. I don't care if I'm a complete stranger to whoever's listening to this show. You can reach out to me. I will come pick the damn baby up myself. Me too. And I, I won't. No I won't. I won't say anything to you. I won't judge you. You don't even have to tell me your name. Give me the baby. No. I know exactly what to do with it. You can sit now, the baby I'm, on the porch, and I'll come grab it off the porch. Yep. Give me a. Give me your address. I'll meet you. Please do not toss that baby. Babies have. Once you give birth to them, they they deserve a chance at life like anybody else. Just like you, after you have the baby, you're going to continue to live. So it's fair that the baby has a chance at life. So that was something I wanted to touch on. I thank you for touching on that. I saw a couple articles as of recent, just yeah. young young girls, yeah. girls in college, just yeah. discarding the babies. High school. High, high school. school. And I get it that you're scared. Like I said, not yeah. passing no judgment. I do. 
I am, it's hard not to be um, offended by it because it's homicide <laughs> to me. You know what I'm saying? You have a child. It's very touching. You have a child it's that very. You look at every day. Yeah. 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 I thank it's you hard. for sharing that. It's yeah. completely, I, I can empathize with those women. And yeah, I know. I empathize, exactly. Right, I empathize I, with them I can, as far as. But I, I empathize also, with those women for yeah. sure. And I appreciate yeah. the both of you all sharing that there are options for women who feel like when they're in that position and they're desperate and they yeah. don't know where to go, they don't yeah. feel like there's anywhere they can turn. The options are just a repeat for anyone who wants to share this information with someone else or if someone feels this way about feeling desperate and not knowing Please what to do. Out. Yes. Police stations, fire stations, safe, safe haven, havens, safe yep. havens, re- yep. like you can Google safe havens for newborn yep. babies. Yep. Yep. And also it's scary too, because after you have the baby, you're at risk. You could die yes, because you, you still, out. you could bleed out. And I'm talking about bleed out for real. You you still have your placenta inside of you, which is extremely dangerous. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Some people deliver the placenta too, but some don't know. They think after they have the baby and they find some way to cut the placenta to cut the umbilical cord and they discard the baby they still have the placenta inside of them and that's uh just an open door for septic for being septic Mm -hmm. and so Um, it's like you still have to take care of yourself after you have a baby it's still a recovery time for mom after they have a baby they can have a, a, a complicated free pregnancy we still have to take care of mom so if you're doing it and you're on the street in the park at a gas station we know you're walking around with all type of infections and stuff and you're not being seen so yes. you have to take care of yourself too so it's it's worrying for it's heartbreaking for a baby who has died but it's also worrying for another human who's out there doing that self disjustice too to yeah. themselves so as we come to the end of the episode i would love for the both of you all to tell me what has been a highlight so far of you being a black nurse advocating for POCs and standing in the space that is needed where we just desperately are putting the call out for more black and brown health professionals or what has been so far a highlight of your career a highlight for my career and I know this might sound like simple but literally just getting a a mom a, a black or brown mom through their laboring process how they want to in a safe and healthy manner like literally like getting them to the end getting them through recovery how they want to in a safe and healthy way that means a lot to me because like I said black and brown people are dying just trying to have their babies so that means a lot to me that I can get them through and then have them thank me in the end like thank you like I wouldn't have been able to do this without you. You gave me the strength to know that I can get through it. Like, a mom literally just wrote that on a note for me, like, and got me a gift because of that. And I got teary-eyed, and everybody was looking at me like, oh, I was crazy. But no, like, that means a lot to me because one day I'm going to be in that position. One day I'm going to have a kid, and I want to be able to get through it how I want to get through it and get through it healthy and still live to raise my child. So that's Mm -hmm. a big thing for me. It's, It's really big for me and rewarding. Yeah, it's so simple, but literally helping a mom and a baby live that honestly, that's what 
That's what this goddamn country wants to take away from black women. They want you dead and your baby dead. And yes, you mentioned that it might be the simplest thing, but in my opinion, that is one of the biggest forms of rebellion in the mm -hmm. medical industry is when black and brown people live, when black and brown mm -hmm. people are getting the proper medication, when we are finding the proper treatment for whatever is going on with us and we are able to see old age, that is the biggest fucking slap in the face to a healthcare industry who did experimental shit on black and brown people in this Hello. country who have we had gonna get into a racism <laughs> yes like, <laughs> the, the elimination of the dominant race that's why we're trying to have another yes, demographic yes. insert their trade into right. ours but we're going to save yes. that for a different conversation <laughs> we're going right. to take you know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna save that for a different right we're gonna, have, we're gonna have to bring y'all back about medical apartheid another time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah jasmine what has been a highlight of your career so far um you know mine's is very similar to um taylor's you know i you know patients they they always you know get gifts and um write us little cards and stuff and it really it's really nice to know that people appreciate your hard work because we 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 go we we really do go hard and oftentimes we do risk our jobs you know advocating because we have to live too you know we have bills and family and stuff to take care of but I honestly truly believe that my job is not my provider. I always believe that God is my provider. And I feel like as long as I'm out there doing the right thing and being a blessing to people that I'm going to always be okay. That's why I'm not never worried about standing up and doing the right thing. Um, so one of the big, you know, one of the highlights is that I, I'm gaining respect and I haven't been a nurse that long. I've been to, um, to, you know, between two to three institutions and, um, Everybody has the same opinion about me, and it feels really good that people have a positive opinion about the type of nurse that I am. So that's the that's the rewarding experience about it, is that I feel like I'm in my niche, and I'm doing something right, and I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I get that confirmation from my peers. I get that confirmation from my patients and um, from my family. So, you know, opportunities like this coming on here, um, you reaching out to me to speak on it, you finding me knowledgeable and deeming me knowledgeable enough to speak on it just little confirmations like that you know on a daily weekly monthly basis um is what's rewarding and highlighting for me like uh i think last month a month before last i spoke at a nursing convention at, um at rush university i was asked again by somebody else to speak so i feel like i'm on the on the, on the right path and i know i know god's not done with me i know i'm not done with me and i know it's gonna be more and i'm not done going hard for my people and anybody who wants smoke it's, it's up it's Period. up and it's it. stuck it's up it's up and it's, it's stuck. That go for any doctors, any residents, anybody who want to try to make the labor and delivery process for any PLC, any difficult. You better hope I'm not in the building. And that's it. And that's it. Thank that's you it. so much, ladies, for being here. I first want to say that I truly look up to the both of you all. I am enamored by you all's tenacity, your strength, what you all are doing for Black women. I have been a 
friend to the both of you all for decades. And it has been so amazing to see both of you all go down the path of what you really are passionate about. And then to see you all blossom as amazing nurses on the other side. I know that there's nothing but up from here. I know that there's more schooling, there's more titles and there's more acronyms behind y'all names coming because we need you all desperately. God needs you all desperately. And what I am hearing from the both of you all that your talents are anointed, godly anointed, and you all are exactly where you need to be. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of Tactless Radio. We will see you all next week. Y'all hilarious. I'm still not going to get over the fact fentanyl is in fucking epidurals. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that.